Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Jen Shaw just pled guilty, and I'm pleading fabulous. I haven't lost my will to live, but I have lost my virginity. <laughs> Literally, you guys, it's Annie's <laughs> Girls. I just acted like such a twat with today's return guest who was going to give me, I'm sure, a a lovely, impassioned, intellectual response on some breaking news that's happening literally minutes before we started recording. And I was like, save it for the podcast! <laughs> because that's what we do here at AGHQ. We protect the content. It's Andy's Girls 325. So excited to have back one of my favorite people. Oh, I have a BravoCon question for you. So, so okay. many questions. So much to discuss. You know him as founder and president of the Icon iconic, historic Real Housewives Institute, author of the New York Times bestseller, The Housewives, The Real Story Behind the Real Housewives, which is P.S. out in paperback. Although if you're a real fan, you're buying it in hardcover as I did right there, that beautiful blue. I mean, and she's <laughs> highlighted where her name appears in the book. <laughs> Oh, you better believe I immediately before I even got into anything was like, search Sarah Galley. <laughs> she exists. Welcome back to Andy's Girls, Dame Brian Moylan. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. And on such a momentous day, forever to be known as Jen Shaw Monday. Can we even, first off, Emily D. Baker in town, couldn't get together with her last night. Um, uh, frequent collaborator, known legal commentator, has been on AG many times and was like, don't worry, I'll be back for the Shaw trial. Perfect. Chit-chatting with my pal Kiki, the talk of shame. We're going to hang out. We were going to be row buddies at the trial, uh, sitting in court together. Texted me this morning. Kiki the talk of shame and said get to the courthouse now now I am as you can see still in a robe have not I'm on my <laughs> second cup of tea so that's got to count for something but there was in no way in no terms because we were about to record and I was like that's not happening for me had Jen sent me a paperless post and given me like even 20 minutes notice absolutely I mean not when it's like happening. a professional should for real, 100%. So I'm hearing from my, like, legal eagles that this – we don't have really any info aside from the fact that she pled extremely guilty in court and is being sentenced in November. And that's Currently, do we know that she pled guilty or that yes. she has changed her – she had a – Change we of know plea that hearing. she pled guilty because I was watching the talk of shame. Shout out Kiki again. Her <laughs> Instagram story, which is literally her IG live, which is happening right now, guys. This literally just broke moments ago. And so the court, Judge Stein in court was like, yada, yada, yada. You did all this shit. And Jen's like, he like goes through it. And he's like line by line. And when you say guilty, do you mean really guilty? And she's like, 100% I do. So he's going through like 
did you know this was wrong? You were targeting the elderly. I knew all of this was wrong. I knew who I was targeting, blah, blah, blah. Like, soups guilty and is being sentenced in November. So what is she going to say now that she was, I didn't do it, they made it up, this is all fake, blah, 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 and now she's pled guilty? I mean, she'll do what literally anyone else does in the housewives canon of saying they didn't do a thing. And then they were like, JK, maybe I did it. The only exception here is that it happens to be like, you know, massive fraud. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But like, think about the everyday friendship fraud. While this is wild and like illegal and she has made millions of dollars from stealing from people, the idea of her being like, you know, I want to put together a, as much of a, a legal strategy as I can. And it's only now occurred to me that this stuff was really, you know, bad. It, that's not think of anybody in pop culture, in whatever, who's ever been accused of a crime who changes their plea. It's not abnormal what she did. Is it no. hypocritical? Yeah, but, but so is Jen. So like, But what's I just think that it's abnormal and that she was so, <clears throat> excuse me, she was so vehemently, I didn't do it. I had nothing to do with this. I had no idea. Very publicly on the show, on the record, and I'm going to fight this. And it's for all the women of color who have been wrongly accused and blah, 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 and all this bullshit that she was spouting at the reunion. And now it's like, just kidding, I did it. Like, I feel like that is an especially bad look. It is, but also we always knew it was bullshit. Like, come on, guys. A hundred percent. That's why the arrest episode was so iconic, because these women are finding out the truth about their friend in real time. And how much, how often does that happen where on Housewives you find out somebody is not who they say they are, but you find it out in federal court. It's not just like my friend lied because they said that we were really close and they were talking shit. It's irrefutable evidence. That is a hard thing to push back on. And yet she did her very, she, listen, whoever is Jen's personal trainer, I'm sure getting paid with stolen money, who's helping her with her (laughs) strength training over the past season. God bless. Like you did great with those weights because she was really lifting an awful lot and and seemed to have a couple people in her corner. I mean, yeah. part Including of Including Meredith Marks, who was recently converted. Meredith. Okay, first off. Okay. So the timing of this is fucking insane. Because Heather and Whitney, I believe, are just now filming Girls Trip season three. So is so that I, cast official? I can't believe it's real but allegedly yeah the, the cast has been spoken about on, and I talked to Lisa Barlow about this I need to like listen to what Lisa even said because like Lisa Barlow was very critical of the idea that Salt Lake City people were ready to be on girls trips like she felt that they weren't an iconic enough cast and she might not be wrong but um I assume that that was real I assume that Heather and Whitney are filming right now and that that's being captured because what what a week this has been Jen, Heather, and Meredith were in New York as Jen was here readying for trial, which was going to start next week, the 18th. And Heather, I, I don't, and um, Meredith rather posted Instagram stories literally yesterday and said, essentially, in case some of you guys have forgotten, it's innocent until proven guilty, peace sign, which, like, or way to be until sassy. your plea changes. <laughs> 
like Meredith, this is the mistake that so many people make, which I always find fascinating. But again, this is like opposite end of the spectrum, wild shenanigans. So just ignore all of my comparisons because I'm completely full of shit. But like with Meredith to have built up so much goodwill, but I guess her ability to despise Lisa Barlow exceeds the level of understanding and respect people had given her for going up against (laughs) Jen Shaw to choose to hate Lisa Barlow enough that you are aligning with this woman. With Jen Shaw. It's that is you guys. That's 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 lady on late. That is some like friend on friend crime right there. Like that's it's just iconic. It's, it's iconic. It's an iconically sloppy move. And I well, love also, that she's going to get burned. When Meredith was like, I remember when they got to where were they going? Aspen. And Meredith was like, I want nothing to do with her. And the rest of the women were like, oh, we're not going to do that. But if she is found guilty or whatever, maybe we will. So now she's pled guilty. So what does that mean for all the ladies? Also, what does that mean for Bravo? Like, will they continue to profit off of a woman who has admitted to gross fraud against very vulnerable people? Um, First off, there's going to be a special panel moderated by whoever helps Teresa form words and it's going to be featuring Jen Shaw and it's going to be a very special sit down it there will be an extra you know there will be an extra um ticket price added to your to see Jen Jen Shaw a special conversation moderated Is this by real? No I, okay. but it's going to you know like Jen Shaw <laughs> this is just, you guys I can't say enough that I don't know what will have been updated by the time you listen to this conversation. Exactly. This is all moot. Like, this is all, this all. Just ignore it. Just stop Fast listening. Forward. Go back to some whatever. Do whatever you want to do. It's we got a case of the Mondays, much like her plea. But um, for Jet, I mean, it's oh God. The fact that the original sentencing date, because this is just coming out, and somebody's in the courtroom from a, a press organization live tweeting. The original court date that had been suggested, I guess, was October 12th. And I think BravoCon's the 14th to the 16th. Yes. And then they moved it to, like, before Thanksgiving. Then This is all in conversation because the federal government had, like, another trial. I guess they're busy or whatever. Who even knows? But so then they moved it back and forth, blah, blah, blah. So now it's, like, sentencing. What did I even say? November. I think November. Early, early November now. Yeah. But that does mean that she would technically be able – who would even advise Jen Shaw not to go to BravoCon? Why would you even – what – she's going to be sentenced worse? Have you guys seen what she's been doing in real time now? I don't think it's going to matter. I don't think Judge Stein is like, oh, God. Is it going to be worse than I'm not guilty of anything but being Shaw amazing? Like, <laughs> which we literally had to see 25 times this year at the beginning of every episode. I yeah. mean, prayers to anybody. I wanted that bomber jacket, but that shit was pricey. Prayers to anybody who bought Jen Shaw is innocent. Well, I guess, you know, it's a collector's item. Maybe <laughs> people are buying it right now. I would. If I had expendable income and a strong lack of taste, I would buy something right now just to have it. Well, I want a collector's piece. If you had disposable income and uh, <laughs> that other thing you just said, you would have so much worse than that bomber jacket. <laughs> Well, some might argue I already do. Um, So what do we think pushed her over the edge? Do we think her legal team was just like, you will not win? And she was like, 
okay, I'm pleading guilty. Or she was holding out to see who she could throw under the bus and see what kind of plea deal she could get. Like, I mean, I know we both know nothing, but is yeah, we, I know, and not just on this. I know. This? Well, Stu was on the, you know, um, tech rehearsal schedule. He was like mic'd up, ready to go to testify against her. That was part of his agreement with the government. Yeah. I think that this is something, again, I was watching Kiki, the talk of shame, who you guys all must follow her IG live, where she was going through a lot of what was happening in court, reacting to it. And um, I think that Jen was, as Kiki herself said, playing a longer game of chicken. She was trying to I, I push up against the reality that everyone saw. Like, I guess at the beginning of this, the government themselves even said, like, we're not going to offer you any kind of deal. They didn't need to because everyone else yeah. had pled up in and had they in order to sort of right. bury Jen because she was at the top of this food pyramid. And by food, and, I mean yeah, cash. Who else are they going to get if everyone else is already in jail? So right. it's like, why even make a deal with you? So I Unless think she it's was... for her to testify against Mary Cosby. <laughs> um, fashion police. Um, yeah, I I think that I think she maybe I mean it's like testing the limits of why even going on. It's the same you could yeah. to answer the the question, you can go back to provide an answer, you can go back to the question everyone always asks, which is like, if you're doing illegal activity, why go on housewives? You can look yes. at it through the Judy J's. You can look at it through Erica and Tom, and you can look at it through this. And there's a level of, unlike how they used narcissism on the most recent episode, let's try to use it of Beverly Hills. Let's try to use it properly. There's the idea of, I am never going to be caught that you can kind of get swept up into. This is the reality that I'm presenting, regardless of whether or not it's based on a legal activity. And this is the me that I have decided I really, truly am, regardless of the cost involved and the other people who may be paying the cost of you putting up that front. It's that same extreme narcissism, ex extreme distorted reality that you hold within. I'm never going to get caught. This is the me that I've decided I will always be that can lead people into doing reality TV. It's when when the price of celebrity and fame rises to the level that it has, people are going to try their best, I think, to meet that level. So to me, it's not... It is not surprising that Jen Shaw, who's engaged in this very long fraud, would want to go on Housewives and assume she wouldn't be. What what would she have to right. worry about? She hasn't been caught to that point. Right. You know, like and even if she'd been sent letters and knew that there was an investigation going, that level of narcissism assumes or presumes that she's never really going to be held to account. Well, and I also think that there's something to be said, and I, I wonder if they take this into account at all, and that we've seen so many times people's fame get them off, like O.J. Simpson, Johnny Depp, like, uh, you know, who else? Like, if I get famous enough, maybe I will be spared um, if and when this comes for me. Well, I feel like the difference there is... And we're not going to get into the Johnny and of it all because oh, we're no, literally 
psycho online. But the difference there is that yeah, there's neither, like a level... neither of our mentions need us talking about the Johnny Depp trial. <laughs> we really don't. I we're mean, very busy. We're very we're booked in yeah, busy. Let's be perfectly honest. Let's, I you know I have enough people mad at me <laughs> about like that. Southern Charm recaps. I don't need fucking Johnny Depp stands. No, you know. or any honestly anybody on anything. I'm good. I'm I'm tapping out. You can talk to people with law degrees about that stuff. Um, but um, you know, there's the idea of public affection. Like I think in the yeah. case of O.J. Simpson, and again, both of us were much too young to remember what was happening. I was barely even born. I don't think I was. Um, but an I was idea. In high school. <laughs> right. No, I was. I was literally. You know, I'm spiritually mid twenties plus. Brian Moylan. Dare we forget? Thank you so much. But there's a level of public affection that people felt toward O.J. Simpson that people felt and still feel many people about Johnny Depp that then there's like a reckoning in your head of like if information is presented to me what do I believe do I believe the feeling that I had about this public individual do I feel do I believe you know evidence presented or uh, a strategy or argument you know being posed by the other side I think it's people then feel a level of conflict when it's public individuals I don't know how it works when the antagonist of a cast is then right. accused of crime, because we did, some of us maybe didn't necessarily feel the affection toward Jen. She's a known entity, which yes. makes this more of a story. But it was never like, oh my god, I love Jen Shaw. Like, I can't believe she would never do this. It's not like I'm trying to think of some housewife who I would actually be surprised committed a crime like this. Kyle. Kyle, yeah. Bethany. Like, I'd be surprised. Or, like, Crystal Kung Minkoff. Crystal Kung Minkoff Crystal wouldn't Kung do Minkoff. this shit. <laughs> Crystal Kung Minkoff does not have time for this. No. She shops at TJ Maxx. She tells us that frequently. Yeah. She, <laughs> she believes in saving herself a dollar. And we she seems like a nice that. person. If someone she was like, nice she's been committing fraud against old people for, like, a no, decade, no I'd be way. like, what are you talking about? Jen Shaw is like, oh, yeah, I, I see it. I see it. Like, if they told you Ramona had done this, you'd be like, oh, I see it. I see it. <laughs> Ramona would be like, they're elderly. I'm young. I'm so- <laughs> I plead guilty as a youth. <laughs> yeah, Ramona, Ramona would be like, I came from nothing. I made all my own money. My father <laughs> abused me. Oh, no, but you know that. Well, I mean, I feel like, yeah, that's actually probably literally how it goes. You know what I was just about to say? And then I forgot that Teresa would plead guilty, but I still hold strong to this. I don't, I wouldn't believe anybody on New Jersey, including Teresa, would do something like this. Louie is a different conversation. But when it comes to the actual cast, I couldn't imagine anybody on New Jersey being accused of def- of the <laughs> I don't know about like new additions. I'm, I haven't been right. attention to casting, but like I don't see any of those women defrauding the elderly, and I I appreciate no. that about them. But I will say, like, remember that clip? It was on TMZ of like Joe yelling at somebody who owed him money for the rent, and I was oh, like, yeah. Joe has an actual job. <laughs> <laughs> like really. Joe does something? This does not at all track with anything I've seen over the, how long has he been on the show now? 10 years of like Joe Judici on my television screen? 
Joe yeah. Gorga. Or Joe Gorga, sorry. Yeah. No, I got them confused on Instagram stories. I was talking about the fact that Joe Gorga has had an entire um, body replacement since joining Housewives, but I called him Joe Judice, and I realized minutes later, and I was like, I have never been so ashamed. Like, it was like Portia after the reunion on the ground. Like, I have brought shame to my family. I was like, <laughs> the fact that I confused this. But I think people knew who I meant. I meant Joe Gorga, but it has was had a full a body replacement? He does not look Joe and Melissa. We don't talk about this enough. People probably oh. do talk about Melissa, but Joe Gorga looks like a little and it, they have had they look fame has done. They were, you know, great looking couple before. But now they I mean, she does look like Jennifer Lopez. They look like phenomenal. But Joe Gorga does not look like the same person. Steve Carell-esque, um, I would say. As I'll have, far as I'll have to go over. look. I mean, I think the hair makes a big difference. I remember the patchy hair from the early years. Not cute. But His the body was face. always fit. No, it's not even a matter of being fit to me. It's like it, he doesn't look like the same. No, 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 it I, looks I, like a different yeah. person to me. A literal different person. So getting back to Jen Shaw for a second, I think yeah, that fine. this is the most important question that we all want to know is... What is she wearing when she reports to jail? Uh, yes, but also, how does this affect filming, and what are we going to see? Because they're not—they're done with the season, correct? Are they done filming for the season? I assume if Girls Trip is happening right now, that they are done for the season. But right. you better believe. I mean, I don't think here's going to be how much does Jen Shaw want to continue being on Housewives, or does this even occur to her in her mind? to alert production before she sneaks into the courthouse today. That's that was my other you. thing is did Andy Cohen get a call? And she was like, Andy, I'm doing it. I'm doing it, girl. I guarantee she did. I just feel it in the in in my gonads that Jed Shaw let them know what she was going to do. Can you imagine how this is the weird thing of like when you feel like your job means everything and, and that's how your job, you know, that's how you kind of like, I, I've been told by people with jobs, that's how you continue to have one by really, truly believing that. But jobs. Um, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> Jen, teach me how you do things. Um, but when, you know, Jen's putting in this plea, whatever, whatever, what is the conversation that Jen has with her story producer, whoever is her like point person from production of like, if she didn't give them a heads up, so, Jen, um, can we talk about why you didn't tell me this was happening today? That I has mean, to be like Luann filing for divorce the day after they filmed their reunion. And you know there are angry phone calls from the very top coming right into your mobile. She's and also like I have so many questions. So she has to like forfeit bajillions of dollars, like millions of dollars in money forfeited and then money owed and all this stuff. But she rented her house. So did she save? Some this is a genuine question. Did Jen save some of the money she stole? That's a good question. And if she did save it, what? where did she put it? Did she hide any of it? What's Coach Shaw and the kids going to do? I mean, how much is she going to get for the eventual book deal? Um, Are you, know. you going to help her write it? I mean, I don't know. Considering that I was in the Hulu documentary, I don't know that Jen Shaw is going to be knocking <laughs> on my door. Oh, my 
But if she were to, I would I would answer that call in a heartbeat. Wow. wow. Hell yeah. What I mean Actually no, I wouldn't. Jen Shaw would be a nightmare to work with. Cause which jet which story does she want you to tell? The story that she's said since the moment she was indicted or the story that she's told as of the last hour? Right. Well, and that's the other thing then is like, so, and does she think that she's guilty? Does she know that she's guilty? Or is she just like, I'm going to lose. So I'm going to plead guilty. But then, and Teresa did some of this where it's like, yeah, I pled guilty, but we didn't really do anything wrong. I'm not taking accountability or apologizing for it. Um, And so that's my question. Is Jen going to? actually be like yeah i did it and i'm sorry and it was awful or is she gonna be like i pled guilty to get out earlier but i still didn't do it well i feel like that's a split conversation because with Teresa, she wasn't the person at the top in this situation it was joe and also when she she said later when she pled guilty she didn't even though she said maybe differently in court at the time she truly did not understand that she was going to be facing prison actual time in prison regardless of whether or not she said i totally understand in court there's that with jen the judge is asking her today because we're seeing these transcripts come out from people in court repeatedly do you understand why are you pleading guilty because i am guilty what are you guilty of and then she's going through the details of what she's saying it's going to make this dance you know, her plie of the last couple months harder to execute when you're saying in court to a much different level than in Teresa, the things that I did, here's what I did, here's the money that I made, and here's why I targeted vulnerable people. To excuse that, Lord knows she's going to try I don't know what you say after I made a mistake and here's why, but I'm sure she's coming up with some thoughts. Do we think now that she's pled guilty, we'll get a Dateline NBC special about Jed Shaw where she does a one-on-one interview? I mean, I think that there was a reason that Jen was decided not to pursue any kind of major news outlet in the run-up to today's adventure because she knew she was going to be asked specific questions. I don't know what good it would do. I don't know how she's thinking about this. Is she? Would she be thinking, if she was considering any kind of like media exclusive, is she thinking to help with um, a public reaction response? Is she thinking to keep her in the public eye and prove her worth to Bravo to like, wait for her or something? Is she thinking, I need money to take care of my family while I'm in prison and pay off my legal bills? But they're not going to pay her. They're going to pay her for the travel. But like NBC isn't going to, she's this, they're not, a news organization isn't going to give her a million dollars for whatever. They'll pay her. What they do is they'll pay for pictures or they'll pay (laughs) for footage. Yeah. And so it's like, okay. So I'm not paying you. For, this was like a bullshit thing. Because when I was at Gawker, RIP, we would pay people for stories. And people were always like, they pay people for stories. And it's like, fuck you. 2020 does too. They just say they like, just oh, we're going to pay you for the footage from your home video camera footage. for, And we'll give you a million dollars for it. So, yeah, they're paying for interviews. But, you know. But with 
Jen, there's also a cost there. Like, is she thinking, you know, the flip side to me getting out whatever story she's trying to push at that point is that the judge might be upset. Like, right. there is the LOL of like, is she going to BravoCon? But then there is also the reality here of like, at what point do you listen to your attorneys who maybe were telling you to um, plead guilty, even if you can't be offered a reduced sentence from the start? I mean, she switched attorneys. The attorneys she initially had were like pricey AF, and I don't think she could afford them. And also, yeah. Yeah, speaking of affording things, remember when she told her mom she needed her mom's nest egg and her mom her mom's retirement fund to support her case, she's still going to have legal fees from the yeah. legal work that's happened to this point that's probably, I'm sure that's ongoing and continuing. I wonder how many And she was having them family... prep for trial. They were calling yeah. me to see if I would, like, be an expert witness and shit. Like, these people were, like, working. Wait, what? Yeah, I did tell you about this. No, but you're going to tell me literally right now. I got a call How from... How dare you not tell me? <laughs> I, <laughs> I thought I told you about you this. You might Maybe have. I... I forget things. I honestly have the worst memory. People have told me such tea, and then I forget five minutes Maybe later. I wrote about it in the newsletter? Me. I don't oh, remember. I read your newsletter. Oh, okay. I do read your newsletter every week. I mean, duh. Thank you. Um, and Yeah, so I got a call, and they, and like from... For every two weeks. When does it come out? Every two weeks on Friday. Right. So it'll I come see, out. I read it so much that I knew when I said every week that I was wrong. It co- it'll come out this Friday. Fulcher.com slash housewives to subscribe. Can't wait for you to promote this episode. Okay, continuing on. Who uh, called you? Coach Shaw? Who? Uh, one of the attorneys, I don't remember his name, called and had a lot of questions about um, how the show was made, um, et cetera, et cetera. Wait, and- what? wait, 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 wait. One of the attorneys for what side? For, for Jen, Jen Shaw's side? side. Set, and this is after the Hulu documentary came out? Uh, I'm not, it was after I filmed the Hulu documentary, but maybe before it was out or after it was out. I'm not sure what it was. So this person leaves you a voicemail and says, can you call me back? Or just you answer and it's a lawyer? It, it was uh, an for email. email. Of like, I'm Jen Shaw's lawyer. Can I talk to her? To you? And I was like, yes, I need to find out what this is about. Um, here's my number. And so he called and wanted to ask a lot of questions about how the show was filmed, how it was edited, how it's manipulated in post, et cetera, et cetera. And I think what they were driving at was, because um, she's on the show being like, nothing happens without Stu Chain's approval and everything goes through me and we're so close. He's like family. Like, I think they wanted to say, you can't trust what's on the show. Here's all the ways you can manipulate it, blah, 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 blah. And so we talked about it and I just told him stuff that's in my book that I learned through my research about how these shows are made, how they're edited, etc. cetera. Um, and he was like, oh, you know, would you be interested in being a, uh, you know, expert witness, whatever. And I was like, yeah, I don't, I mean, people are still mad that I wrote Erica's book. Imagine if I testified <laughs> for Jen Shaw, like the Housewives Institute would have to close its doors for good. So I was like, yeah, I don't know about that. Um, but you would get paid for that. Expert witnesses get paid a lot of money. Yeah, I would get paid. But then that'd be my like last Housewives paycheck probably ever. So <laughs> yeah, you would want to, you would also want to cash that check. Maybe before you testify. Uh, yeah. 
So, like, if they were doing all that work prepping for trial and you have, like, a number of lawyers working hours a day, like, that's a lot of money to then just go and plead guilty and, like, take your mom's nest egg. I mean, like, girl, you could have just been like, yeah, I did it. But that's that's what Kiki was getting at, again, before we started recording, is, like, the idea that she was playing chicken at a certain point by asserting her innocence so heavily whilst not actually answering any questions or pushing back on the strategy of, I guess, like the federal government or whatever, LOL. And at a certain point, it's a week before the trial. And now's the point where you have to present evidence and a defense. And she maybe didn't have one. Well, and the government, um, the prosecutors, this is a couple weeks ago, I wrote about it in the newsletter, said, um, hey, you said you're going to take like two weeks to present your case. Why haven't you given us anything that you're going right. to present? And they were like, oh, we did. But now it looks like, uh, just kidding, there wasn't one. <laughs> we haven't been doing anything this whole time. Um, yeah. Crazy. A shit show. So, guys, stay tuned for more. I cannot believe that just happened. I just want to shout out and send all my love to all the content creators who had book travel. I know. I know. It's so Jen Shaw to deny us the trial of the century. I thought she loved us. Couldn't she have gone to trial for us? Wasn't our love enough? Um, I I I also am very annoyed because I put it in my Google Cal and literally changed the date when the when the trial shifted 1700 times and had it on my on my cal for next monday so um prayers to me should we get all the content creators who are coming Mm -hmm. to come anyway and do like the mock trial of jen shaw and we could just like do a ad-libbed improv version of what the jen shaw trial would have been like 100 percent. i will be texting a couple people after this and we will see about some sort of jen shaw mock trial and thank you so much and maybe meredith if she switches back in the next 10 seconds or whatever she hasn't deleted that instagram story Mer- maybe meredith marks can be an expert witness for truly anyone but herself i would love to see it um listen there's been some shenanigans defenses things gone out in the bravo sphere as concerning what i guess technically is the number one top rated housewife show right now on air um and i want to get your thoughts on beverly hills is higher rated than atlanta now i think so which makes me want to die on the inside wow i mean atlanta is (sighs) finished i have never loved to hate a person as much as i love to hate drew sedora though oh not who i thought you were gonna say and i don't know who i thought you were gonna say why do you love to hate her? Let's take that Because she's journey. just so dumb and they're all like goofing on her and just like making fun of her and she can't even get it. And she tries so hard to be Kenya Moore and she could never. She could never. And she, it's just so easy to goon Drew Sidora because it's like drop it with Drew is such a fucking wreck. Her oh marriage God. is such a wreck. Her fucking pastor whatever she calls him prophet is such a fucking wreck she's all a wreck she has that hot ass husband who is so hot that he (laughs) has burned up all of my neurons to think about how what an awful person he is (sighs) anyway sorry to take you off no i mean no i have to say that 
Sonya maybe getting in trouble for saying to Ralph some sort of joke about him like not having enough stuff to do and Drew getting so upset about that is like sweetie number one we know his schedule is full it's just not doing the things that you assume he's doing yes and number two I mean what are they I it's so they're busy is this really what we're gonna get upset about she can't just have a moment of not being a dick, which I appreciate about her. I'm actually, I'm glad she's on the cast this season. I just don't, I think she's like one of those people who's such an interesting character because I feel like I should feel empathy for her more. But I'm like, you're an active participant in this. You're an active participant. Yes. And it's just, ugh. I love, somebody was like, Oh, she was on the game? She didn't even play so-and-so. And I was like, yes, exactly. That is like the Drew Sedora. Like, you weren't even a main character. You were like some fucking like three-arc character on the game. And like, I'm supposed to care about you and you're fucking... <sighs> Bullshit. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, isn't I... that how they always do it, though, when they market any time an actress comes on Housewives? It's like... Even Kenya with like, I have a production company and this was years ago where it's like, okay, yeah. but what are we actually producing here? You know, like, yeah, but we're, we're talking up a big game, but I mean, speaking of game, like uh, that's not, I don't know that that's Drew specific. I think that that's like, this is like a big credit to her, uh, for her resume, for her IMDB. But is it like a big credit IRL? I don't know. I, it's good to be known for something. I mean, look at Jen. She's well known now. I mean, hello, she's our very own Roxy Hart. <laughs> she is our very own Roxy Hart. Um, oh my switching- God! Imagine if Jen Shaw <laughs> played Roxy Hart. Can we get Erica and Jen as Roxy and Velma in Chicago? I think it would be a limited engagement. Wait, <laughs> looking at my watch, also get- known as the mole on my wrist. Yeah. Why can we not get an all Housewives Chicago at this point? Get fucking, they've all been in it. Get Rinna, get Erica, get Jen Shaw, get Kenny Burris. Like, call up everybody and be like, the Housewives taking over Chicago. Well, listen, I know allegedly that BravoCon tickets are going on sale allegedly in the next couple days. I feel like last time they gave us a lot more notice and it was in August that they went on sale. I remember because I was on vacation. Oh, I don't know. Wait, that they gave you a lot more notice or less notice? That they gave us more notice. That it was like, you know, oh, tickets are on sale in like a month or whatever. So it was. Oh, like I a, see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So maybe that I don't know. I'm I'm truly I don't know because that happened and then the Jun Shaw stuff happened. So the internet is currently on, on fire. Girl, on there Fuego. is. There's only so much we can do in a day here. Bravo. TV.com. A hundred percent slash Cree thoughts. Like I don't even, I, I don't, I truly couldn't tell you. I'm just trying to follow <laughs> the winding road. And this is our jobs and we're overwhelmed. Imagine how the like. Yeah, no, it's a lot. I feel the allergic. Bravo civilians must be. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I'm, what is it? The hair club for men. I'm not, I'm not just a president. I'm also a whatever. Is a member. Like how I feel. Yeah, that's amen. Absolutely me. But like with, I remember BravoCon 2019 OG when Lou had her countess and friends and I sort of assumed that the friends would be fellow Bravo Labs because her performance was like the finale almost I want to yeah. say for BravoCon and 
nary a Bravo Leb could be found on that stage. And I thought, what a missed opportunity. She should have Melissa Gorga doing on display. She should have Housewives with songs. If they don't do that, I don't even know. They should. Girl, it would be fly, iconic. Fly in Simon Van Kempen to do Be Real. I mean, get them in there. But I derailed this whole conversation. You were trying to ask me about Real Houses of Beverly Hills, and no, I went off good. on Drew Sedora. So I'm going to let you ask me that question again. Okay. I don't even remember what the question was. It means that it was that good of a question. But I do want to get your thoughts on Beverly Hills because while highly rated, here's here's what I want to know. Does it matter to anyone if the episodes are highly rated, but the feedback online is in many ways overly negative, what is more important there? Does Or rather, knowing that the ratings are always going to be the most important, does it matter that so many people online are expressing consistent negative reviews or reactions to this season of BH? I think it has to at some point. And I think that um, I always think this about the to be continued is like mm -hmm. they used to give us a to be continued and there would be something like great after it. And they were doing it a lot on this season of RHOC. And then you get a to be continued and then whatever's continued is a fucking like dry fart. And it's like, why are you like baiting me with this thing that like isn't going to happen? Like trying if you keep it's like the girl who called to be continued. You know what I mean? It's like the boy who cried wolf. Like, I, I'm not going to believe that there's any continuation if you keep doing this. And I think that, um, you know, you had uh, messaged me after my last recap about Real Houses of Beverly Hills, which was about the preview clips they keep giving us. Right. 10 minutes, 7 minutes, 35-minute preview clips, right? Yes. And how it's, it's like clickbait in that it's like, oh, we're going to get you all riled up about whatever Erica says, whatever Kyle says, whatever. And then when you watch it, it's like a bait and switch. And I think that what was driving me crazy about this past week's was, you know, we had Kyle telling uh, Sutton that she was making up her um, – making up her miscarriages and why didn't we hear about this and generally being a jerk to Sutton, which, you know, she was obviously a jerk, but then what we don't see is the next day she's like, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. I was totally out of order, you know, whatever. And, and so I think that they keep giving us these previews that, and then everyone gets in an outrage. We should cancel Kyle Richards. Maurizio's Netflix show should be canceled. Everyone like freaks out. And then you watch the whole episode and you're like, oh, it wasn't as bad as you tried to make it out to be. And I think that they keep trying to like, and that's their job. That's why they do these things to get you to tune in. But I think at some point, it, I would like to hope it'll get to the point of, girl, why do you keep fooling me? Ciao, AGs. I am speaking to you right now from Rome, Italy, where I am having a little bit of a European adventure. While I love the city and have had so many unique experiences to historical sites, the Vatican, we went to the Pantheon earlier today, there was a little bit of a hiccup in the apartment that we're staying in. And while I really enjoyed getting to know Fabrizio, the owner of the flat, there was a little bit of a language barrier because I unfortunately do not speak any Italian, even though I have watched The Sopranos 
all the way through at least three times. And this is where Rosetta Stone comes in. What would have helped me enormously in traveling abroad would have been brushing up, also known as entirely learning, the language of Italian. It could have broken down barriers and conversation with Fabrizio. And I also think speaking the language of the place that you're in is a sign of respect to the locals. It's also the ability to fully immerse yourself in the experience. And me not knowing any Italian, apologies to my grandpa Reno, who did make pizza from scratch, it would have been an incredible and even more incredible memorable experience. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, that's right, German, Chinese, and even more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in so many ways. There are no English translations, so you can really learn, listen, and think in that language you want to learn. It's designed for long-term retention, which is especially helpful for me because while this is my first trip to Italy, I really truly hope it won't be my last. The lifetime membership that Rosetta Stone offers has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses that Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Ciao. Hey, AGs. Are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa, obvs. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic non-stick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to HomeThreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. HomeThreads, love where you live. 
Okay, so I read your recap, which got into that and the idea of like the bait and switch. And I thought that was incredibly interesting. And then I also thought to myself, because a friend of the pod, James LaRosa, and I were talking about this, and I had said that I was, I felt like there had been a bait and switch after getting riled up over and rage spiraling on social over the course of several days after the, um, the clips featuring Kyle as like the devil were released. And James LaRosa asked me like, why do you feel like there's a bait and switch? What's the difference between the rage you felt in the clip and the full episode? And I only watched the episode in full once because I was so upset about the clips. Wait, do you watch every episode more than once? Oh, 100%. I watch once for myself and once for the pod, typically. Typically. Really? I just watch once for myself. Unless well, I'm it's not like, smart enough to do one. I got to have a second. When I get it real early, I'll watch like the first episode. Yes. We usually get a month early and I'll watch it with my husband and just watch it. And then when I go to recap it like a month, whatever later, I'll watch it again. But other than that, I just watch once, write the recap, see you later. Never. Well, re-watch. you also probably have like pretty good attention span versus me <laughs> i watch everything at 60 percent. so like putting my two honestly watches together it brings you up to about 76 <laughs> i'm still not i'm still texting i still have other windows going i'm still thinking right. about lunch i'm still like i have to like remember to look at the screen and even if i'm not looking i'm like imagining something else like i'm a nightmare it's like true my add was meant for streaming television it's an absolute like any kind of tv it's uh, it's why i probably can't do movies because like i'm just not <laughs> smart enough but um you know i when it comes to the kyle of it all and it's like what's the difference i felt like by the time i recorded andy's girls the last episode on friday for saturday's episode i was tired i was tapped out so the idea of me holding on to this anger and rage i felt from the clips to for yeah. for that to happen three days later is un- incredibly unrealistic and it's sort of frustrating because as a content creator it's like well all of my guttural instincts that are usually expressed after like a moment or two of reflection on Andy's girls are now happening online but by the time you listen to the episode if you're not following me on social you're not necessarily going to know that I lost my fucking mind a couple days ago right. which is maybe good <laughs> me in the sense of like I felt like a lunatic but also not good in the sense of where is the anger and the rage and it's like well sweetie like 72 hours went by so when it comes to a bait and switch I don't actually know because I've thought about this and, and because James posed the question which I thought was a really good one like what is the difference in what you're watching and what I'm seeing in those scenes when I watched the episode a second time this morning which I begrudgingly did by the way was I was watching the show sort of play catch up to Kyle by like having that dinner scene after with Kyle and Sutton, which felt to me disingenuous, but I don't know how, where the moment of being disingenuous came from. Like, is it disingenuous to me because it felt like it was a moment for Kyle to salvage herself and yet she did so while further pressing Sutton's buttons like the you're really hard to apologize to the editing around it with them getting eating their appetizer after they've been served their entree and the whole purpose of this being an apology tour Dorit's confessional apology 
the Mauricio, Kyle, Dorit, PK scene, which felt like an apology for them and very disingenuous, a way for them to apologize for having a real and genuinely funny moment with the Tom Ankle stuff from last season. It makes me feel like the level of disingenuous, while initially I did agree that like it helps to have the whole of the story, when I watched it, the episode again this morning, I was like, wait, but this still... I'm battling the exhaustion and I can't really get back to the rage that I felt when I initially saw it. It just doesn't because too much time has gone by. But also it still feels gross, you know, but like the level of disingenuous feels like the production trying to protect some of these people, which is um, where I feel weird. Well, so I, I, <laughs> there's a lot to unpack here. Uh, but so I think that to your initial point, I think that there's something about the promotion of the shows in that if you're ginning up outrage against these women to get us to tune in, there's some point where we will hate them so much we will stop tuning in. There we go. And, and so I think that that is a thing that they're in danger of doing. I think that. I I see what you're saying where it seems disingenuous, but I think that there's a difference between Kyle's apology on her Instagram story before the episode came out and her apologizing to Sutton in that, you know, and I've talked to a bunch of women who have said this and like, you know, somebody like, um, you know, for instance, this is just like not, this, I'm just making this up. But mm-hmm. when Luann says, be cool, don't be all like uncool, she doesn't know that's going to be a catchphrase until it's on television. Because that's just like a moment to her. And then when they put it together with the editing and everything else, it becomes like a whole thing. So I don't think Kyle, I mean, obviously knew that this was going to be such a big thing and get such a strong reaction to it that like you said she uh, she's like oh no i did that now i have to do all this damage control i think she was just kind of like that's normal show stuff as opposed to when she had to come out and apologize on um on instagram before the episode aired then it's like damage control because people saw the clips and she's like oh people are way more pissed about this than i thought they would be and now here's what i can say to control it. My biggest thing, uh, you know, and you're talking about rewatching it and is that it's really taken out of a larger context. And they used to do this thing on Love Island and it was fucking genius. And I'm going to take a minute to explain Love Island to you people. And so what they do is- You were the person who introduced me to Love Island. I know. Well, have you gotten to- Oh, you. so you've seen Casa More, right? So I saw one episode. I saw one season. I just watched. I've already forgotten which season it was that I watched, but it was the one that Bryce Smith- with Dr. Alex. You You remember. I don't remember. I do. So now I was going to do three or five, but now you told me to do current. So I haven't even started, but I will do current. But tell us about Um, Casa More. Adam from season four is a- about to come back onto this season of Love Island. Oh my God, so tall. Starting so tonight, tall. so tall, so, so toxic. Tall. Anyway, so they have this thing called Casa Amor. So they have six couples. They send the boys to Casa Amor with six new girls. They bring six new boys into the villa and they, you know, talk and they flirt and whatever, maybe kiss, they kiss in games, whatever. And so they would do this thing called the postcard and they would send a postcard to the girls or to the boys and would have little clips of what was happening in the other villa. 
And so you'd see like, oh, she kissed that boy. And then the guy gets all mad. Oh, I can't believe you kissed that boy. And then he gets to the house and she's like, that was in a game. Somebody dared me. I had to. It didn't mean anything, whatever. And I feel like that's what we're getting with these clips from Bravo, is that when you rob it of all of its context, it always looks worse than it is. And then when you put it in context, I mean, it wasn't great. I'm not saying like, oh, Kyle is perfect and she never should have done that. It just looks way worse isolated than it does over the course of a whole episode. When you then see her apologizing, you see Sutton accepting her apology, you see them moving on. So, you know, I just think that I just always I'm like, guys, wait to see what happens because they're totally fucking with you. I agree with you in part. The context that was helpful was to see just how drunk Kyle was. Regardless, yes. though, what she did was inappropriate. And it made me and I know that everyone agrees on that or most people agree on that. But like the dinner for me made me feel so strange about the context because the editing of it was so manipulative to me and it leaned so heavily on team Kyle. Like there was a point where Sutton, where Kyle touched Sutton at this, like the dinner with the gnocchi where, which PS that restaurant looked phenomenal, but like Kyle touched Sutton and Sutton says like, don't push me or something. And then later on in that conversation, in that scene, Kyle makes a half-assed sarcastic comment about like, Oh, and I don't want you to say that I'm pushing you. And the way that I heard both of those moments, both in like, Sutton's almost under her breath not actually talking about what she wants to talk about when it came to like putting your hands on me and Kyle's response which seemed to reference the fact that she had her hands on Sutton in a way that to me felt incredibly gross and yet it was edited so that it was a nothing burger makes me feel like production edited out some of the background and information in a way to bury what was a huge outrage online of people saying that Kyle was physically aggressive to Sutton and it in the editing of that scene I felt like Sutton was maybe addressing it and then Kyle was like talking joking it away I think that you are correct in that editing is definitely trying to make some people look better and some people look worse and I even talked to editors uh, for my book and they said, you know, and I was like, oh, people always talk about the bitch at it and you making them look worse. And they said, no, if anything, we make them look better because if we make them too unlikable, people won't watch that's the show. That's what I'm saying. No, no, I no. think that they so did that with I'm, Kyle. I, I'm agreeing with you, but I don't, that's all way done by the time we get to audience reaction. And so I, I think that they might be anticipating a bit of, oh, the fans are going to like this, but I don't think it's like, oh, we saw all the fans on Twitter are pissed. Now we have to re-edit this whole episode to make her look better. I don't think it has anything to do with fan reaction. And I think it has everything to do with production in real time, seeing that Kyle is behaving in a reprehensible manner and trying to help her. I don't think it has anything to do. I don't think it's, okay. I don't that, think it's no, like, I agree I, with you no, on I that. think it would be ridiculous if they were like, oh, and this, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense to me. Like the, the, the fan reaction is fan reaction to the episodes. I don't think that when they're releasing the clip that they're going to change the episode because there's outrage. I think that they're releasing the clips specifically specifically because they know that there will be outrage and yes. they're trying to let a little bit of the air out of the tires, which I think helps Kyle. It's like the idea of interesting. I don't think Kyle is really going to be helped by 
a lot at the end of the day if they are including this in episodes. But by releasing the most vile Kyle moments in advance of the episode, you are still going to have a wave here. The wave is going to happen regardless. But people already know to expect it at a certain point. So you're either going to look for, well, it wasn't that bad because it was fucking vile when it came out. And maybe there are moments where it, 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 to me, feels, and I don't mean me literally, but like the viewer feels less um, yeah. incendiary, or you're just going to be so fucking tired because you've been screaming about it for three days that they kind of win at the end of the day. I felt like when you think about how these people are protected, in no way is Sutton or Garcelle being protected by anyone having anything to do with production or the cast. But we are seeing repeated moments of Kyle choosing to protect Diana, of Rinna choosing to protect and also strategize with Diana, of Kyle choosing to protect Erica. And it's like there's a difference here between the edit protection where we're making sure to have moments where it's either self-produced from the cast or helped in some way by like we're gonna have a dinner scene you're gonna apologize to Sutton and maybe Kyle wants to apologize I don't know but there is definitely a divide here in how production seems the the storyline of the show seems to always make time to protect certain people and not others and it's exhausting to me I agree with you in that I think they are definitely forefronting storylines that protect certain people. But I also don't think production would go so far as to say, you need to have a dinner and apologize to Sutton. I think it that would Why is that going so far? Why is that a wild take? Well, I, I, knowing how evolution works, they tend yeah. to be very hands-off. They would be, if Kai would be like, I want to have dinner with Sutton and apologize, rather than them being like, you have to do this or you're going to do this. Like they don't like to script things as much, but they're definitely taking what's happening. And like you said, protecting these people. But I will say, I think that they also protect Garcelle a little bit, not as much as they protect Kyle, but I think Garcelle, like we see her accusing Kyle and other people of stirring the pot and she stirs the pot just as much as anybody else does. And I think they protect her by not, you know, showing other people glomming onto that as much as they talk about other people doing it. That being said, and sure, she has some said some stuff about Crystal, which I'm sure will come up at the reunion. There is something very dark to me, to use Crystal's words, very dark and problematic, about the way that the cast will let moments of tension rest and stay very very quiet and the way that they can't seem to allow even a second of Erica being held to account in that scene which we saw in the seven minute clip that was released for the next episode where I don't think this was a part of the current episode but I watched that clip literally three times because it kept replaying um while the gen stuff was happening <laughs> but um that clip of uh Garcelle having the conversation with Erica Erica saying my behavior was unacceptable Garcelle going into it was unacceptable and also I think that this has something to do which actually to be honest helps Erica to say like I'm holding you accountable and also genuinely there seems to be an issue here with the way that you are mixing alcohol and medication and Kyle being so uncomfortable with her friend being held to account even if 
as they're trying to say in real time, Erica needed to be called out. She won't allow it to happen. A woman no. who you could no, argue agree with you. has had moments of silence when it comes to Sutton being called a cunt by Erica. How many scenes from last season was Sutton raked over the coals and Kyle said nothing in real time? And she won't even, she's trying to tell us that there's a moment where she's, She's trying to tell us in on social media in real time that she was horrified by Erica's behavior and didn't even know. And yet while filming the scenes, Garcelle is giving her this information. You can't say that it was just a joke. You didn't know because Garcelle's telling you in a group scene that it hurt her feelings and was too far. Erica's saying in real time it was too far. I shouldn't have done it. And Kyle won't even accept that tension to exist. And yet. She has no problem with Garcelle being dragged. She has no problem with Sutton being dragged. But she can't stand a single second of Erica truly being held accountable. And I and it's like, ugh. when it comes to context, this is giving us a lot of context of why Kyle kind of sucks. <laughs> no, and well, that's the other thing is like, I, you know, everybody's like, oh my God, Kyle's a monster. It's like, bitch, she's on Real Housewives. Like what? What did you think she was like, Mother Teresa? But I agree with you in that. Um, you know, I, I didn't watch all of that clip, and here I am talking about like, don't don't get into the clips. Wait till you see the whole episode. But from what I saw, Kyle says like, well, in all these seven years that I've known Erica, she's never once done something like this. So you should give her some slack. And it's like, well, Garcelle hasn't been around here for seven years, and B. Like, she shouldn't cut Erica slack for being mean to her kid. So I totally agree with you that, yeah, it's weird that Kyle is doing this. But I do think that, you know, I, I think we hear the fans say a lot of times, oh, I wish the women would hold Erica more accountable. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think that that's definitely not going to come from Rina or Dorit or Kyle. But even mm -hmm. when you see... We've seen Garcelle ask about it. I think we might have seen Crystal ask about it too. And Erica like won't engage with it. She's just like, oh, everything's fine. Oh, my lawyer said like she, he's going to vet all my boyfriends, blah, blah, blah. So it's like, you know, I, I mean, we see them asking the questions. And so at some point, if Erica's not going to give you anything, why should they keep asking those questions? I think that's a totally different conversation. And from the perspective of why aren't these women holding Erica accountable, I don't think that asking, I don't think, I think Garcelle is making conversation with Erica, which is like the most loving form of this, as opposed to just being like, what the fuck? I, I, I don't think these women are holding Erica accountable. I think, but I think them knowing yeah, that she's I also not going to give anything. It's their job to hold Erica accountable. I think it is absolutely their job to hold Erica accountable. Oh, really? We're pretending that but these dumbass But it was never anyone's job to keep, Teresa accountable or Jen Shaw accountable? Yes, it was the Teresa. But they didn't thing, either. Any, I mean, it, they did. They tried. Hold on. They tried on New Jersey. That's why Jacqueline and Teresa are no longer friends because Jacqueline was like, "You're on the cover of Us magazine." Caroline shows up at the end of like a sundown, like coffee time on the deck, and is like, "We're not going to ask basic questions." That that killed their friendship. Asking questions. On Salt Lake City, Meredith was dragged by the rest of the cast and I guess has has risen because of asking basic questions. These women, after finding out their friend was being looked for by the FBI, asked questions and apologized for that for the rest of the season. 
if the if the job of, of these women is not to ask questions when your life is a, allegedly the background and basis for plot to happen because nothing is produced nothing is edited we're just following how these women live their lives and your husband is credibly accused of a massive years-long conspiracy to defraud his victims of over a hundred million dollars and you're not asking questions you're not doing your job they absolutely are not doing their job by not asking questions and to say that that's not their job then why are we watching tv we're just watching her be quiet? What the fuck? But I mean, we have seen women behave horribly for years and have their friends, you know, just ignore it. Oh, that's just Brian. Ramona. That's like... Come on. Yeah. And that's, no, I'm that's serious. That's also not great, but there's not a comparison. Although actually, whatever. There, There isn't truly a comparison between someone defending someone's poor behavior which by the way we're also in this conversation calling out because I still think it's completely insane Kyle's behavior on the last episode was insane to me I don't we're not gonna I'm not gonna oh I don't think it was insane I think she I I agree with you that it was bad but I just think she was drunk and like not getting it but I I don't don't think that it was like I think that I think she was very drunk and didn't understand what she was saying in real time. But her gut instinct to protect Diana and her version of protecting Diana means not listening to Sutton. To me, if I was Sutton, at a certain point, it's like, this is on you if you want to be friends with this person. The way she touched Sutton to me was a really poor look her drunkenly not even understanding but I think Sutton what a miscarriage was also is touching Diana and you know Diana There's didn't no, like that no, I mean no. I don't know I think that like the touching okay whatever some people have different There's, levels of comfortability with it some people touch Sutton, more than others Sutton's I don't know physical reaction was that she didn't want to be touched you can tell she's repelled physically when Kyle's pushing her body now Sutton but so was touching, Diana since Sutton kept doing it but yes. you're not mad at Sutton for touching Diana I'm not going to say I'm not mad at Sutton. I'm going to say that Sutton wasn't picking up on the cute. Sutton Neither was that Kyle covers... because she was drunk. So you there's can't a, have one and not the other. Difference. You can't I agree have one you. and not I the other with... just because you like Sutton more than you like Diana. Hold on. I think that there is a difference between Sun not picking up on cues and she shouldn't have touched Diana. Diana literally was like, don't touch me. And Sun was like, cool, cool, cool. Let me continue to hug you. Sun isn't aware of how this conversation is going, which is obvious, even in the sense at her Neither lunch, was Kyle she's like, she was drunk. It's the same thing for but both of them. Same for both. Same for both. Same for both. Same for both. Shut the fuck up. I think that (laughs) if and when Sutton is made aware that Diana was uncomfortable, I think that as Sutton apologized towards the tail end of that conversation, Sutton, I think, would apologize. Kyle has been made aware by bajillions of people watching that clip that her behavior in being forceful physically with Sutton was inappropriate and didn't reference it. Not in the edits that we saw of the dinner. I, I don't think that Kyle... And not when people were quite literally calling her out. Now, you can say maybe she didn't reference at the dinner because she wasn't aware. You can't argue that when the clip came out because there were three major issues that people took with Kyle's behavior. Saying that miscarriage, 
being so blasé and insensitive about the miscarriage conversation, which I do attribute in some way to Kyle drinking, but and I can't imagine behaving that way, drunk or sober, but I do think that she was completely sosh and not making sense. There's that, which she should still be held accountable to, but I'm just giving context. Number two, her physical uh, holding onto and pushing Sutton. And number three, the scene with Mauricio where they're calling, where they're joking off and laughing off Erica being incredibly inappropriate with a 14-year-old child. And it's like, at a certain point, come on. Come on. As for her and Maurizio, I agree that it was not a great look. But I can see in a world where Kyle wasn't there and someone says, like, oh, Erica was so wasted and she did this and whatever, she thought that Erica was, like, joking around and she thought it was funny. My problem in that scene when we watched the full scene wasn't with Kyle, it was with Dorit, Dorit. who Dorit is defending it and says, oh yeah, Erica's let her hair down, whatever. And Dorit saw it, she heard what she said, she heard the tone Erica used, which could not be construed as joking, and she still like defended Kyle. So Kyle's taking all this heat, and to, for me, who came off worse in that scene was Dorit, because she was actually there. So I, because w- like when Kyle said when she saw it, on TV, she was like, oh yeah, I shouldn't have been defending it. But Dorit was there and she still defended it and no one's mad at Dorit. How does this know, how does this though not get into the argument of it's not these women's jobs to call out Erica's behavior or call out or discuss what's going on with Erica and Tom when not only are they not doing that and asking real questions, but they're protecting Erica's shitty behavior in that scene. So obviously they understand what their job is. They've just decided to go with a different route of like rules and responsibilities because they're saying not only are we not going to talk about what's going on with Erica and Tom and ask basic questions regardless of how she answers because that's literally what our job is. We're going to make sure we're defending her behavior. And I, I don't know. I, I see what you're I, saying and that it's their job to ask the question. But it's like, if you keep, if I keep asking you a question and you keep saying no, even if I keep asking you the question, you're going to keep saying no. And then it serves nobody. Right. Like that's, but, and I say right sarcastically, that's like when Erica says I've apologized several times before I'm not going to, or I've said I I have empathy for the victim so many times before I'm not going to say it again, but it's like, okay, cool. Roll the tapes. When have you had, when have you expressed empathy for these people or is the chain of reaction but I think strategy going to be I've done it so many times before? But I think the show through the editing and we saw this with like the Dorit oh, PK. So now the editing isn't helping these women. No, well, no, I think that you'll see in the editing of the show, like her being like, I apologize a million times. And then you see, like, they did that to PK and Dorit when everybody was mad. Like, why aren't we hearing about their financial troubles? And then we see them ask the questions and they're like, oh, no, there's no trouble at all. But the show, the editing kind of like indicts her and in that, like, there weren't any ways to show her saying this and then you have Garcelle kind of in her in in her talking head kind of saying like yeah Erica oh we couldn't find those tapes because they don't exist you know so I think it's it's hinting to us that you know she hasn't adequately apologized or answered these questions I'm blinking (laughs) I don't understand how a person who seems to have made a pretty good career 
of calling out and exacerbating the smallest of slights, including... Who are we talking about? Kyle, but okay. sort of several of these people, including Rinna, the smallest... Anybody in the Fox Force could be credibly accused of calling out and dragging out even rumors of what people are saying BCC Raider online and using that as like the biggest reputational ruiner of this is an example of your character and then attempting to spin Erica's poor behavior as a joke because of the strength of it, of their alliance it to me shows the biggest oh, i don't think in that they think about it in the terms that we think about it like i don't think they see an alliance i think kyle just sees herself this is like her reaction to things like i don't think it's like an alliance on big brother survivor was like we're going to protect each other i just think that's the way they see their relationship so i i don't i think that that is sort of some uh, something that we're projecting onto them. That they seem to have at one point absolutely celebrated with like the idea of the Fox Force. But let's take out the word alliance and let's say friendship. The way that Kyle seems so insistent on defending her friend when we have seen her spent essentially a decade on exacerbating if other franchises are about a scream Beverly Hills is often about a whisper and it's like entire seasons or multi-episode arcs can be around the perception of a person's poor behavior and we get into this party night and even taking out Kyle's poor behavior the way that Erica behaved and the insistent that her friends seem to have on spinning her poor behavior as an lol to me, it's not just how Kyle views drunkenness. It's not just how she views the idea that like, wow, now Erica's more real because she's drunk now. So now she's loud in a different way that isn't aimed at me. So I think it's fun is one thing. But the spin around this woman, instead of saying, wow, the way that she behaved toward a 14 year old is unacceptable full stop. You're now putting in the active work to say this is a positive attribute because your friend is being more real and more fun because she's loud and kicking up her legs when she's having a good time, which to me, it doesn't matter that she wasn't there. It doesn't matter that people were saying she's having a good time, she's drunk, so let's film a scene talking about it because you know it involves a 14-year-old child. And then you go on social media, as Kyle did, and say, I was laughing about a friend's drunken, ridiculous behavior, not about disrespecting someone's child. I think you know me better than that by now, using how we viewed her and how she's been perceived over the course of a decade. I wasn't even there to see this and only heard about Erica and what she said later. And then you have a transcript of her conversation, which says, but you guys, did you miss that Erica said to Garcelle's son, the 14 year old to go fuck off PK? I know Dorit, I was there. Kyle, I mean, it's not funny, but it is funny. Mauricio, I think it's great that she did that Kyle, but I like seeing this more relaxed side of her. You're starting the conversation, which she told a 14-year-old to go fuck himself. <laughs> you are a woman who seems very comfortable being quiet when other people are in hot water, most specifically Garcelle and Sutton. And yet this person, who I guess you're not in alliance with, let's call it a friendship, is in hot water about telling a 14-year-old to go fuck himself. And you won't let that part of the sentence lie. 
You think it's a part but I of feel like a rebranding. You want Kyle to react how you would have reacted. I want Kyle to react how Kyle would have reacted if it was anybody else. I just want Kyle to do the work about lesser dumb shit. She won't do it about a 14-year-old child. And I think that's fucking insane. And I can't. And that's because Kyle is fucking there. insane. You can't I be know, mad at Kyle for reacting no, the way she reacted. Well, no. Wait, hold on, hold on. I, let me back that up. You can be mad at Kyle for reacting the way she reacted, but you can't tell Kyle she should react a different way. The show is, you know, it is massaged, it is produced, whatever, but it is real. And if that's how she reacted, then that's how she reacted. And we could be like, you suck because of how you reacted, but you can't say you should have reacted differently. I want her to react as I have seen her react in her words. You know me better than that. That's why I'm so upset. Because if it was anyone else over a lesser error, a lesser example of poor behavior, if it was Garcelle going on Watch What Happens Live and being like, I'm friendly with Kathy. And since Kyle and Kathy aren't, aren't talking right now, I guess you could argue I'm better friends with her. And turning that into a fucking world war of feel bad for me online, she's done a lot more with a lot less. And I think it's hypocritical. And I don't want her to react. And she's as a I hypocrite. And that's why we watch her. But why can't we talk about it and have it be an example of the fact that she's behaving poorly? I don't think this is business as usual because she doesn't. Her business has always been about talking about other people's poor behavior as the primary form of business for BH. If like there were jokes around Potomac of like society and whatever season one when it came to sitting at the middle of a table. And that was the arc for multiple episodes of drama between uh, Giselle and Karen and on Beverly Hills, I don't see them doing anything different. I think that that would be at season 12, that would be the start of conversation of someone being mistreated and not behaving well. So to see Kyle react in this way and spin it over behavior that I would argue is so much worse than what other people in the cast who aren't in their quote unquote friendship would do i think is shitty and yeah like yeah why it is I... shitty because she's a shitty person which is why she's on reality television which is why we watch them and argue about these things like i think yeah I, yeah I, I i understand what you're saying but i think you want the show to be something that it's not i think i want to be able to talk about the massive absolute hypocrisy happening in the friendship on Beverly Hills. Well, is anyone stopping ridiculous. you from discussing it? Like we're discussing it now. Is anyone stopping you or trying to stop Nobody's you from discussing me, it? But I think it's a different, I think it's very hypocritical what Kyle is doing. And I don't think that it is business as usual because I think business as usual would be to bury Erica for that behavior. And that to me guys is why Kyle was called out more than Erica was on social because Erica, sorry, earmuffs is a bad person and we expect that. And for some of us, Kyle has been a little bit of a light. And so there is a little bit of a reckoning in just like it being a bad week to have Kyle in your top five because she's giving us repeated examples of being a dick and is posting these non-apologies and these other things that make me feel a little bit bad. But she's always been this kind of a dick. <laughs> and well, she's that always is the problem, kind of Ryan, shit. is that some of us didn't necessarily agree with that before. <laughs> and she's making it really tough. Tyra voice, we all, we all like, wanted, what was the fucking quote from America's Next Top Model? Like, we, we all were wanted, rooting for you. We were rooting for you. Even when people told us not to. 
you, even when there was BCC Team Kim, we wanted her to be better, and she's not, and her apologies are making it worse. Her saying one plus one equals seven, I wasn't making light of a 14-year-old um, being treated poorly while a transcript of a scene shows she was doing literally exactly that is really tough, and you don't need to be in the room to know that when a 14-year-old is told to go fuck yourself, regardless of how Erica meant it, how did the child receive it? They were upset. Well, but he was also like, it's no big deal. I like, don't think he fine. ever said, he said he was violated. He never said it was no big deal. Garcelle well, no, he was like, it's fine, it's fine. I don't remember him saying it's fine, it's fine. And if he's saying it's fine, it's fine moments after saying I'm violated, you understand that whatever this child is doing to try to brush off being hurt, that they were hurt. Um, I don't remember him saying he, that he was violated. I remember exactly him saying he was violated because they did closed captioning to make sure we got it. Him being like, it's fine, it's fine. Like, you know, no, I'm, he absolutely I'm good. said, I feel violated. He absolutely okay, said I it because they used closed captioning. But he also was like, it's fine, it's fine, which was also on the closed captioning. Roll the tape, as Erica says. <laughs> but if you say, I feel violated, it's fine, it's fine, and you know in your heart that no matter what this child says, they should never be spoken to in that way. But do you problem. believe that if he says he's violated, that we should respect that? And when Crystal says she was violated, we should also respect that. Yeah, I got into an hour and a half conversation with Crystal about the fact that I knew exactly what she meant from the start and fully supported her in that. <laughs> okay, good. Because I fully supported her too. Thank you. Um, and that that you feel violated. But, I actually um, don't even understand what we were just screaming about. I feel like we probably said something similar, except that you were absolutely wrong. I think we like basically agree, but... Um, I was rooting for Kyle and you always saw her and that was the problem. Yeah, or just like, I don't know. Like, I'm never like surprised when they behave like crap or when they are hypocritical or whatever. Because I also think that, you know, I always try to put myself a little bit in their places where it's like Erica's joke, er, the way Erica talked to that 14 year old was bad and she never should have done it. But I've also been fucked up and tried to make a joke and it came off very wrongly and I ended up offending somebody. And so I, uh, I understand that, like she said in her apology, like, yeah, I should have done that. That was fucked up, but I didn't mean any malice. Like, I understand where Erica's coming from. I also understand that we hold certain friends to different standards. And I think that that's like kind of what you're seeing between Erica, the way Kyle treats Erica and the way Kyle treats everybody Sutton. else. I also don't love Sutton as much as everybody else does. So <laughs> I think that that might be limiting me from... Um, maybe appreciating what you're saying about how Kyle treats Erica and how Kyle treats Garcelle and Sutton. Um, okay. I do want to get your thoughts on Sutton, but I, I have to say that like when it came to Erica's apology, it's, you have to go off of the person who's being apologized to at a certain point where it's like, I, I personally appreciated Erica's apology because it didn't add any, there were no qualifiers. Yes. Which is why it was, was so I was annoyed. totally wrong. You're right. I'm sorry. Because that's yeah. what needed to be said. And she made a mistake. And if she didn't, to, to a certain extent, it's like if you tell a child to go fuck themselves and you didn't mean malice, but they received it as malice, go off of the impact of it on the child, which is how Garcelle reacted and how and why I think Erica apologized because no matter what her intent was, which is insane. You should never speak to a child like that, regardless of your intent. Like, 
inappropriate crossing of boundaries, which was the theme of the episode. But regardless of not having malice, she understood that it hurt a child's feelings. She apologized. Garcelle seemed to accept it, which is all the more reason why Kyle interjecting and trying to spin the yeah. drunkenness, which for Kyle was fun because the price of it violating a child was an acceptable, seemingly an acceptable consequence of Erica being fun, fresh, and like chic say la vie, drunk off her ass. <laughs> because Kyle received it as fun, even though Kyle wasn't there for the thing that she's writing off and right. wasn't told to. I fuck do off. think that Kyle Richards, executive producer in chief, needs yes. to exert Shut herself from a lot of this shit. She should, there's no reason she needed to sit down with Sutton and Diana. There's no reason she needs to pipe up when Erica is is apologizing to Garcelle. Like, and, and I, you know, I don't want to judge what happens in the episode too much on ideological reasons, but you do see Garcelle telling Kyle, like, this is what I'm talking about, Kyle. Just shut up and sit there. This is not about you. And so what do I you think mean that ideological reasons. I don't know what you're talking well, about. Well, in that like, I was saying, like, show? don't get sucked in by the preview clips. Wait till you see the episode. Like, and so we've just seen the the apology on the preview. So who knows what else might be revealed across the episode. So, you know, whatever. But I do think that Kyle needs to realize where like where her place is. And I don't think that she always does. I know. She absolutely. I mean, and uh, listen, she's on pause for my top five. There's a Patreon episode up. Who's, it was, who's replaced her? Who's replaced her? Well, here's the problem. And I have a Patreon episode up of Kyle's Yom Kippur, Date of Atonement, for her behavior on this episode. Many, many satchels from AGs. Very upset at Kyle. And we, we get into it. But here's the problem with my top five. Is that there seems to be to me a level of shame that I have felt about certain housewives being in my top five. What is your top I, five? I don't. I actually don't know. It was at one point Shannon, obviously not, and not in no in no order. In no order, Shannon. Even though sidebar, there have been episodes where people have referenced Shannon being my top five, and I've tried to like squeeze out of that like one of her nine lemons in a bowl which i don't know what the fuck is going on in my head where i feel ashamed that i love shannon but like that's a conversation for another day shannon was in my top five kyle was in my top five there was a period of time with Beth bethany was in my top five don't know what to say about that recovering bethany stan portia was in my top five and there i guess there was a five spot for somebody else and now i don't know what to do now i have portia's not in there anymore no even though done. I love her but i didn't watch the the um the uh spinoff but too many clips of her walking to and from private jets is like the soul of her content on social even though i love portia but like i just don't feel that way right now but like i nope. love her but like can't don't but watch the spinoff it was awful for her. i heard it was awful and i think that has seeped into my bones but like so shannon's definitely there um had a conversation with somebody might have been damien about whether or not jill is in my top five and I feel like she's doing great work on Ultimate Girls Trip. But, like, I don't know how I feel. It would be, like, Jill season two is in my top five. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not sure. So, right now, there's Shannon and there's four open spots. Because <laughs> Kyle is on pause. And I'm not – nobody here is ascribing to hashtag Kyle cancel culture. Whether or not people hate Kyle now, I get it. I, I right. do want to see her get dragged at the reunion. I look forward to that, in fact. But, like, I she's on pause. And I do think that there is – a you know whatever she's on pause but i'm not we're not doing kyle cancel culture i'm just very upset at her right now so there's shannon there's kyle on pause and then there's i guess three open spots I'm trying to think of who mine is sonia morgan oh Can okay candy burris candy? wow big candy burris fan 
Um, I think Kyle might be in there even still, even though I agree with you, I'm mad at her. Mm -hmm. Um, who People get else? so mad at you. I feel like I don't know why. Who else? Who else is in my top five? I mean, anybody from Jersey? Oh no, tell me. Orange. Know what? Know who my favorite person on New Jersey is? This is gonna get me in so much trouble. Don't tell me. Let me wait. Melissa. You Melissa said trouble. Gorga. I'm a big Melissa Gorga fan. Um. Oh, Emily Simpson, big Emily Simpson fan. Now you're laughing. Are you being serious? No, I love Emily Simpson. Even though the politics are awful. The politics we are awful. We don't even, it's go off of what we're seeing on TV right now. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Just on like TV. So I think my top, okay, this is my top five. I think it is Sonia Morgan, Candy Burris, Kyle, Emily Simpson, and maybe, actually, I think Kenya Moore. I think there's going to be two Atlantis. Okay. I think my top five right now is Shannon um, saving a reserve sign for Kyle when she's off of pause if she grovels as I need her to and talks about the fact that she shouldn't put her hands on people regardless of what Kat Big Kathy did to her in her childhood <laughs> and what she wants to do as an adult to Kim. So Shannon, um, reserve sign, hashtag Kyle on pause. Um, Kenya Moore. Yeah, I have to be honest. I love Kenya, and I love, love. Kenya drunk. I love excellent Kenya drunk. housewife. Hurts nobody. Hurts excellent nobody. Housewife. Excellent housewife. Yes. Two open spots. Drew Sedora wishes. Drew Sedora could never be on her best day. Never. No. But wants to be real but bad. She knows she's not. We're not gonna pretend she thinks she's Kenya. We're gonna <laughs> say that she flops on the way. Come on. She doesn't think she is. She doesn't. I don't even think she thinks that she's telling us she is. I think we're putting that on her. I think she knows she's a joke. Yeah. And she's okay, okay. with it. She's getting a check. Okay. So Shannon, Kyle Reserve sign, Kenya. You got two more. I feel like I should have someone from New Jersey, but I just don't feel it. I feel Margaret like Joseph's? I should. I love Margaret Josephs. I love her. I think she's so interesting, so engaging, but I I don't see a top five, which is a top five to me is like, who makes your heart like pitter patter? Oh, no. Who I think I might replace Emily Simpson with is Giselle Bryant. See, I feel like I should feel that. Excellent about, like, housewife. She is great. Oh, no. I, I know who home. I know who my fit. I'm replacing Emily Simpson this with. Is it is okay. the okay. cast of Potomac minus Candace. Okay, I'm fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, not Wendy. It's basically, just, I mean, Ashley Darby, Karen Huger, Giselle Bryant, top tier housewives. Like, they are excellent housewives. And I, well, I think that there's like, I see there's a difference between like the top five people who I love and people who I think are really good at their jobs. And like, yeah, like Leon Locken was an excellent housewife. And yet. And yet. I mean, um, not really my favorite for racial reasons. <laughs> uh, breaking news um, from Today Ticks. Leah Michelle is Fanny Bryce starting in September. I mean, good for ones. her. Apologies to anybody in that ensemble. Hopefully dreams come like true. Hopefully she doesn't shit in your wig or whatever she was saying to people. She's such a piece of shit. But like, shout out HBO Max for repositioning her. <laughs> in their I wish they had gotten shout out like to Leah. Shout everybody gets a second chance if your name is Leah Michelle. I wish that they had gotten 
like Patty Lapone. <laughs> just get some like old oh ass lady, I like Bernadette fucking... Peters as oh Funny Girl. God. I, I'm sure that'll be the next. I'm sure that there are conversations taking place. But um, um I can't believe news? I saw it in London with Sheridan Smith, who's kind of like the English Patty Lapone, mm. and she was amazing in Funny um, Girl. In Funny Girl, this was maybe like it was when I first moved here, so it was about five years ago. And um, she did have to take a break from her run to seek alcohol treatment. <laughs> okay, it happens. <laughs> Which I mean, only makes her better. But yeah, she's uh, she was amazing. I was like, get her over there, fly her over. She knows all the words. I mean, let's not pretend this production is supposed to be good. But Team Beanie all the way, even though she was miscast, which is truly not her fault. Not her. I fault. don't love it as a musical. To be honest, that's what I, a lot of people said. The book. Is I a feel flop. the same way about Hello Dolly. I didn't go see Hello Dolly because it's a shitty show. I don't want to talk about the experience of Hello Dolly, except to say that I was at that time very friendly with someone close to production. I had an eighth row orchestra seat to see Bette Midler, and they told me not to go, and I listened to them. So I exchanged that ticket to see. The play was Zachary Quinto and a bunch of people. Why did they tell you not to go? Because it was bad? They said she wasn't worth it. So instead, I saw it with Bernadette Peters, who was great. But, like, why did I listen to them when I had an eighth-row orchestra seat to see Bette Midler? It was very, very deep into the run. It was a bad move, and I'm – it was not smart of me, but I listened to somebody. I saw it with Carol Channing. Oh. In a touring production of Hel- in Hartford, Connecticut, as a teen. Wow! 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 Big moment. Um, guys, this. Turns I mean, where up. where is this conversation? <laughs> where we we're like, where do we go? Where do we we're go? like yelling at each other. We're laughing. We're like, oh you know my what? god. This is the thing. This is just a little reminder or just like a little. And however you receive and react to things, guys, it's good to listen to differing opinions. It's okay when friends fight. We it doesn't. It's good to hear things that you might not agree with. And let's not when it comes to there's a certain amount of like content creation stuff in the Bravo culture that thrives on hashtag cancel of like, I don't agree with your perspective, so it shouldn't exist. And I just really want to get away from that. And it's like. If you feel a certain way, like let's let's embrace a little bit of discomfort in how we have conversations. How I talk on one episode could be very different from how I communicate or speak on another. I have the benefit of 300 episodes so that if I sound like a fuck up on one, ideally, you know, in 20 episodes from now, I might have grown or learned or not. But let's just that would just be my one little like asterisk of like even though you and I disagree with things I I really appreciate that disagreement because I think it's a more interesting conversation if I only had people on AG who felt the way I felt my feelings are so chaotic and ever-changing that I don't even think that that booking would exist but like let's let's embrace having that we can all be right and listening we can and all that... be wrong too guys we can exactly. all be wrong and uh, what i love about talking about housewives is that for every woman there's people who love her and there's people that hate her yes. and i think whatever your reasons for any of those are completely valid unless yes. you like Teresa giudice and then you're just wrong <laughs> Oh my god that poor wedding that poor 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 oh wedding. my god and then her and dina falling out i know i don't know what's happening there i'm not quite girl sure, but I, I mean 
I'm nervous about it. I, this week's newsletter is going to be chock a block. Are you going to hyperlink to this episode while calling Andy Scrolls one of your absolute musts? Um, yeah. Send me the episode <laughs> when it comes up, bitch. I'll put that right in there. Listen to me yell at Sarah Galley on her own podcast. <laughs> it's a real war of the roses and we're all smelling like one. Okay. Um, Brian Moylan, I could talk to you forever. This was a 900 hour episode and I love you for making the time to put up with my crazy shit. Can you tell the listeners where they can subscribe to America's favorite newsletter? A little bit about the Institute, what you got cooking what you're working on projects things etc whatnot how to follow um, you online i am currently recapping uh ultimate girls trip beverly hills and southern charm on vulture and those Woo! go right those go up right after the episode airs on east coast time uh mm-hmm. you can subscribe to my newsletter at vulture.com housewives it comes out every two weeks on, every two weeks on friday including this friday and um, you can find me on all social medias at Brian J. Moylan. And um, feel free to yell at me on my own Twitter like I did Sarah on her own podcast. <laughs> I There's nothing, there's no one that I would rather scream at more than you, even though. And there's nothing I'd rather scream about than the Housewives. I mean, it's it's a real win-win, guys. Speaking of win-wins, there is a uh, Kyle for Yom Kippur, Kyle's Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur meet Kyle, Patreon, etc. episode up now featuring many of the 9,000 satchels I got about Beverly Hills and Kyle, your responses and thoughts and feedback and reactions and so much more. Patreon.com slash Andy's Girls. Follow me on social at Dame Galley because why the hell wouldn't you? And also, as I discussed during the episode, sometimes I rage spiral, which means I don't <laughs> on and up. So if you're looking for some feeling, you can usually find it on Instagram. Um, and P.S. guys, thanks to all of you who bought tickets to the show, uh, to the AG. Did I even say that? I'm, I hope I did on past episodes. To the most recent virtual live show with Damien Bellino, Lisa Barlow, Deandra Simmons, and yours truly. And thank you so much for, for joining us and for buying on-demand tickets and so much more. Brian Moylan, oh my goodness. Uh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me so much. Yeah, there was a thank you in there. And oh my goodness, it was a thank you so much. Thank you. In the words of your your favorite um, housewife, who we've decided your top five is just Teresa and then the different pronunciations of her last name. That is absolutely 100% correct. Amazing. So guys, whether you feel like a Judice or a Judice or a Judice, I hope you're having a great day. And we talk to you soon. Bye-bye.